the adoption of the agenda as uh, amended. Mr. Good, thank you. All those in favor? Great. Okay. Now the minutes of April 8th, the regular meeting of town council. I would uh, move the minutes of uh, April the 8th uh, as uh, presented, Your Worship. Thank you. Discussion? All those in favor? Great. Carried. Uh, are there any public hearings? There are none. Okay. So we're at section five presentations. Uh, number one, uh, FOIT, division two, section 26, testing procedures, tests, and audits. Yeah, we will have to go in camera. We'll need a motion for that there. Statements and Mr. Town. Good evening, Deputy Mayor and Council. Um, you had uh, just had the chance to discuss the draft financial statements with the town auditor. That was your opportunity to ask any questions, get any clarification, um, and bring up any concerns that you've had. Um, alternatively, um, if you've asked your questions and if you have any further questions, this is your opportunity to do so. Um, and if council as a whole is comfortable with the financial statements as presented, then we'd be looking for council to approve um, the statements. The draft will be re removed. The management letter would be attached, and we would be able to submit these off to municipal affairs for our, our filing deadline of May 1st. Okay, so council, any questions? Okay, would someone like to make a motion? Your, your Worship, yes, I would put a motion on the floor that we approve the uh, 2018 audited financial statement and uh, in turn present it to uh, Municipal Affairs for their uh, May 1st deadline. Thank you. And we'll need a second. Uh, could you just add uh, and that the statements be uh, uh, appended to the agenda of the April 23rd, 2019 meeting? Uh, by all means. Any uh, further discussion? All those in favor of Mr. Needham's motion? Good carriage. Thank you. And thank you, Mr. Town, and thank MMP for their work once again. Okay, so we're now at uh, item two request for decision County Northern Lights and Peace River proposed new policy in the intermunicipal development plan. So there is a policy before council that we would like to add to the intermunicipal development plan between the County of Northern Lights and the Town of Peace River. It comes based on the feedback that we heard from um, members of uh, the County of Northern Lights, or residents rather, of the county who li also live within the IDP area uh, that covers the county. And they were asking many questions about specifically the future direction for land use within that area. Uh, that future land use direction comes not just in the IDP, but it's from the Weberville uh, area concept plan. And we had simply respected that direction within the IDP. Uh, because they were asking a lot of questions and they indicated that they might have some concerns about the direction that's set, which designates a fair chunk of land uh, as commercial or industrial land. 
uh, we thought that it would be best to acknowledge that feedback in the IDP and kind of create an opening where the county can reconsider that direction in the future without it coming as a complete surprise based on the IDP framework. So we shared that feedback with the County of Northern Lights and recommended that a certain po a policy could be added. Um, we provided them with a possible policy which reads, the county may reconsider the designation of commercial slash industrial lands within the IDP area to better coincide with the demand for commercial slash industrial lands within the region and accommodate country residential and agricultural development in the area. This reconsideration may include an analysis of the expected demand over a 20 year period and direction with respect to managing potential conflicts between land uses. Uh, the county has indicated that they would like to add this to the IDP. It would be within section 3.1 of the document. And we're hoping that the town council will agree to this change. And then if that is the case, we would be in the, be, be in the position to finalize the draft document and bring it forward to council for first reading. So we have a number of options. Uh, the first option would be to accept and agree to the policy as drafted. Um, which acknowledges the feedback that we've received at the open house, as well as acknowledging the possibility for a change to the plan document in the future, and puts us in the position to uh, proceed to readings. Uh, alternatively, the town could suggest an alternate policy, um, which may result in an improved policy, but that would delay uh, proceeding to readings because we'd have to take that back to the county. Or we could, the town could recommend that we proceed with the document with no new policy which may also delay moving to, to first reading. So it's our recommendation that the town council agree to the policy as drafted. And take any questions. And uh, you're probably educating us on what you already know, but was there something in the plan that this changes? There, there's nothing in the plan that this changes right now. The future land use concept does not change. It, it is what it is, but it just kind of opens a door to the possibility that the county will want to reconsider it. Ultimately, if they do change that direction, then that would need to be updated in the IDP as well. But it just provides an indication for future councils that this was on the table and that this is some of the feedback that we received. So we're acknowledging the feedback that we received at the open house and trying to incorporate it into the document without drastically changing the document as it is today. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I quite option one or option three. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the same result in the, in the status of the agreement. It's just this basically gives a heads up that somebody brought it up. The reason, the thing that I'm a bit uncomfortable with the May and May, because mm -hmm. it really mean, can mean won't and won't. I mean, it could mean will and will, but it, generally it's a defensive play rather than, a, if I'm correct, more of a defensive thing. It's saying that somebody brought it up and we may look at it in the future, but we don't require the person to do so. It would be advantageous to us to do so. I don't think that the town would, I think the town would be in a position to support a change. That being said, I think that the May is also acknowledging that that area concept plan, which they do have in place today, and which the plan does currently respect, um, was created through a significant public process. So for them to agree to simply 
wipe it off the map is definitely going a little bit too far. Right, but, but to leave it silent changes nothing. It doesn't, except for that it doesn't um, acknowledge within the plan for either their council or for a future Peace River Council that there's a possibility that taking a look at this would be a good idea. Okay, I'm a bit cynical. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm willing to go along with everybody in this line, but I'm a bit cynical because basically this to me seems, sorry, basically this seems to me a bit of a, a defensive play. Um, you know, it was brought up, we didn't want to see a change here. We may look at it later. One of our residents brought it up that they, so we were putting it in there to sort of mark that spot. Mm -hmm. um, I, not wanting to tie brush here, if they said, well, we'll have a problem supporting it if this is not in there, that gives me more of an indication that it's a defensive play. And I have some discomfort with that. I would, I guess, uh, <laughs> trying to be an optimist, I, I would say that the, there's nothing that would require the county to, to put this policy in. And because it was feedback that we received that was related specifically to the land within the county, we did present it to them first. Right. And they d decided that they would prefer to acknowledge the feedback and to incorporate this into the plan. So in a way, I. Oh, I do understand what you're yeah. saying. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, I, we and to be fair, we presented it to them in a way where we thought we yeah. weren't tying their hands too tightly because we did not. Yeah. It was our observation that they probably wouldn't want their hands tied too tightly with right. this policy. So maybe it is defensive, but I think that that's the reality of where that they, okay. they would be comfortable. Okay. Just, I've had my chance. Bye. Any other uh, comments? Uh, someone willing to put forth a motion of some sort? Sure. Mr. Good? I'll move that we go with option one, which is that the town of Peace River agree to the addition of policy section 3.1.3 within the town of Peace River County and Orlando Central Municipal Development Fund. Thank you. Any further discussion? All those in favor? It's carried. Thank you. One number three is request for decision with respect to proposed changes to the Peace River and MD of Peace number 135 intermunicipal development plan. Ms. Modi. Okay, so this is a small, slight adjustment to the Peace River MD of Peace uh, IDP. Uh, we did have one bit of written feedback uh, from comments from a resident, um, and I have noted the changes in the RFD. Uh, they're not. Um, of a very substantial nature, but I will highlight that we'll be updating the reference to the upper piece, um, to the lower piece region, and um, there's also been an update to the existing land uses, uh, so the map to the existing land use districts will be updated to reflect that change. Um, they also suggested that we define urban ag uh, reserve, which we are recommending that we do not do in this document because that is a land use district and to define the one would suggest that to be consistent we define every land use district that is mentioned in this document which is a large number upwards of 20 and doesn't add a lot of value um, given that those are things that come out of the land use bylaw so as long as you reference that document 
you can figure out what it means. Um, the, the real substantive change and the reason that we wanted to make sure we brought this forward to council is because we do need to make a change to the future land use map. Uh, and this is a moment where I fall on my sword uh, because the reason that we're here to present this change is because I didn't catch it when we initially presented the map uh, to both councils. Um, the future land use concept didn't fully incorporate the direction set by the West Hill Business, uh, West Hill Business Park Area Structure Plan. Uh, which is an established plan in the MDFPs. And that the intent of the future land use concept was to respect and acknowledge the direction that's already in place for each of the municipalities. And that one was not um, changed in any way. So the entirety of the four quarter sections that are covered by that area should have been labeled as commercial industrial. Uh, and there was a portion of that that was not. And I've, we've attached the map showing the updated version and then the area that I'm referring to is uh, highlighted in that black circle. And um, the original one showed that area as green for agricultural. And it was simply based on how we built the map. Uh, we built it based off of the land use districts that are in place today, not based on that area structure plan. And so that's why the, the error was there. And we would like to update it so that the way we are treating the area structure plans in all the areas of the future land use concept is consistent. Uh, so we would definitely recommend that we make this change. And this is not a change that came from their council. It is a change that came uh, from myself as I was reviewing the document and realized that that inconsistency was there. And I wasn't comfortable just leaving it. I wanted to bring it forward and make sure that we were being consistent. So our recommendation is to agree to that future land use concept map. Uh, the MD council is also seeing the same uh, concept map this evening. And that's when it's being brought forward to their attention as well. So that little oval changes it from agricultural on some map to commercial? Industrial, yeah. So the, the map, the way it's presented there is the correct version. The previous version, the one that's in the draft today, shows a sliver of green that shouldn't be there. Okay, so council, any questions, discussion? Motion. Pretty straightforward, Deputy Mayor. If they want to move things along, I wish I'm most on the floor that we agree to the updated uh, future land use map as presented. And the minor changes? Uh, absolutely. Well. Great. Any further discussion? All those in favor? Great. It's carried. Thank you. Okay. Number four is the request for decision, read the um, MMSA 2020 contract. Mr. Parks. Thank you very much, uh, Madam Chair. Um, Council, before you, you have the um, request for decision um, on the MMSA contract. As you're aware, the contract is up at the end of this year. Uh, we were asked to um, uh, give notice by the end of this month as to whether we would uh, uh, move forward with the contract for next year and enter into a new one in 2020, January 1st, or um, if we were not going to uh, enter into a new contract, at least give the notice at that time. Um, we had a, a discussion, we uh, reviewed uh, the contract, uh, and uh, the briefing notice is basically self-explanatory. One of the concerns was, is uh, would there be an opportunity to see if there would be individuals out there that uh, would uh, meet our requirements if we decided to uh, move uh, planning in-house. Um, so 
staff did uh, go on out and uh, do job um, advertisements uh, as a preliminary uh, uh, look-see and uh, response was positive and uh, staff is uh, um, absolutely feels confident that we would be able to fill this position. Um, and uh, so therefore uh, staff has uh, in our presentation has uh, recommended that uh, we do not uh, continue with the MMSA contract um, and to second uh, motion would be to pursue hiring a local planner to start January 1st, 2020. Thank you. So uh, I guess um, one of my questions has to do with cost Correct. and um, the MMSA contract that the town would sign would be for 125000 according to their uh, funding formula, which has been adjusted. But anyways, so my question is, would the cost of obtaining GIS and a planner and some subdivision authority costs possibly, um, would that amount to more than 125000 So the subdivision authority and, and the planning would be definitely in there. We, we, we estimated that there might be approximately maybe $20,000 extra in cost for GIS uh, based on the amount of GIS that we're getting right now. However, uh, we do have internal uh, individuals, uh, JC, uh, that has uh, been doing quite a bit of the GIS and being converted over to do, to do it. So we try to minimize the amount that we have to outsource. Okay. And um, for the subdivision, and maybe I, I'm thinking wrong, subdivision development appeal board? Yeah, so what would happen, we would still have to, if we joined the regional group for that, we would still have to pay, I believe, uh, $750. Um, Mr. Town, if you would like to speak on that, whether we're in it or out it. It's, no, the, the cost to participate in the regional board would be $200 per year. Um, the cost would actually be, would occur if there is a hearing, um, because um, depending on, on each municipality, if they would have to have a clerk, there'd be a one-time cost of 750 per hearing, plus the uh, travel costs and meeting costs for the members. So it, it's more of a, a, you know, cost as you use it. The initial or annual cost for that is, is less than $200 a year. Pretty minimal. Okay, thank you. Um, Councillors, questions? Someone could put forward the motion if they wish, Mr. Ford. Yes, Your Worship, I'd uh, put a motion on the floor and accept uh, your recommendation put forward by administration. So, so, so I'm wondering if we can have just two motions. Uh, the first motion is. Uh, that the town notifies MMSA of the town's intention not to enter into a new contract for 2020 sure. for uh, planning services. Okay, so Mr. Ford on that motion, um, all those in favor? All those opposed? And second motion? That the town pursues hiring a full-time municipal planner to commence January 1st, 2020. Uh, someone care to make that motion? Sure, I'll make that motion as well. Mr. Ford? Thank you. Any discussion? All those in favor? All those opposed? It's carried. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. 
We are now at section five, which is request for decision on Reservoir 365 funding. Mr. Town, Mr. McQuaid takes two for this one. Good evening, Your Worship and Council. Uh, as you're aware, uh, we've been working away at uh, Rose Park 365, uh, getting the engineering completed uh, ready for tender. Uh, part of this process went and it was included into the 2019 uh, budget, uh, which is represented in there. Uh, but one of the things that we made a conscious decision to at the beginning of that process was to very aggressively pursue uh, provincial and federal grant monies for uh, that project. Uh, although the that decision not has not been firmly made, uh, right now the uh, funding looks like it's unlikely, but that was kind of given off of the previous NDP government continue to pursue that funding but we're at a point now that we need to kind of move on with the project and so we need to kind of firmly identify where our funding is coming from for this project and so as part of that we need to uh, identify alternate funding uh, sources should that grant funding not materialize so that's that's what this request decision request for decision is in regards to uh, essentially, uh, we're fairly close uh, to finalizing the engineering for this project, which we kind of incorporate, incorporated as into last year's budget. So it's that budget money that's funding the engineering portion. And there's no question about that. But we wanted to make sure that we had a firm idea of where the funding is coming from as we move into the construction phase of this project, which right now we're looking at uh, tendering in May and probably starting work in early July for uh, turning aside for 365. So prior to that, we wanted to uh, just have a, a discussion around the, the funding sources for that. And at that point, I'll turn this over to the Director Town. So the issue that we've identified comes around authority. Staff did not feel that they had the authority to proceed on incurring costs um, while we were not able to secure funding sources that have been identified within the approved budgets, namely federal and provincial sources. Um, these numbers were produced and were part of the 2019 capital budget based on uh, discussions and applications we had put forward through the, oh shoot, um, the CPEP program. That doesn't sound right, but it's probably close. Um, ICIP. Right, the ICIP program. And again, um, you know, we were hopeful based on our application, which showed a clear need for the project based on their criteria. Um, you know, I, I personally feel that there was a, a significant uh, need and a high chance of likelihood for a critical uh, piece of water infrastructure to be replaced. But to date, we have not been able to secure that. Council has approved through its 2018 and 2019 capital budgets um, 
funding of $7.131 million, of which a substantive portion, almost 5.4, um, 5.5 million was from those sources. Um, and to date we have not been able to secure them. So to be able to move on and incur costs, staff are looking to amend the 2019 capital budget and really taking those two sources, federal and provincial funding, and um, transfer the funding source to debt, which at this point is really our only option. Um, in terms of other funds that we have access to, um, there's limited monies available in our own internal water and sewer capital fund. The um, MSI money and gas tax money for this year and projecting it out is generally allocated. It definitely is for 2019. And if we wanted to use those funding sources for, for this project, we would have to defer other projects. Um, and again, that's, that's an option that's discussed, but you know, a significant chunk of of the MSI money is allocated towards our neighborhood infrastructure renewal program, which has a four-year contract award, um, limited options in terms of deferring that and other um, deferring other projects would be problematic also. So um, what the impact of this is, is really increasing the 2019 debt amount from 1.429 or 149, $1,429,200 that we were originally showing in 2019 and increasing that to $6,805,600, which is a change or an increase of $5,376,400, which is pretty significant in terms of our, our debt load. Um, debenturing this amount over a 20-year debenture would incur annual debt charges of approximately $341,000 a year. Um, that's based on fairly decent interest rates that are prevailing at, at this time. Um, we would have to defer debenture this probably in the fall of this year. Um, that'll be on our next step issue because based on our other projects, our arena project, our 99th Street slide project, and this, our actual cash balances, bank balances are getting lower um, all the time. It's a little bit of a cash management issue and it's also taken us down towards normal bank balance type activities that we would see. Um, since it's a water project, this impacts the water fund and the water rates. It is not, in this instance, a tax rate issue. However, to pay that amount off over the 20 years, we're going to require a 52 cent increase to the water rate, which is just under 10% of our current rate of $5.40 per cubic meter. Um, and that amount would have to maintain in place for the next 20 years to pay off that debt load. And that increase of 52 cents is for the capital costs, so just principal and interest, um, and would not preclude other additional rate changes subject to operating cost needs such as utility costs, wage increases, and other type items which are normal operating items and 
as you know, uh, we've experienced significant rate changes there also. From a tax burden perspective, um, this does impact also our, our debt limit, and it's a significant change. Um, right now, and these are numbers that have been reported in our our, our budget book, our budget document, um, based on the projected capital program into the five years, we were looking at about a 62.2% debt load amount. Um, this would potentially increase that from 62.2 up to pretty close to 80%, um, which would limit our options in the future if, if another project did come up or, you know, if there were other instances of where we'd have to borrow money. As the chart does show, um, it is mitigated um, and reduced based on current modeling. And again, this is looking at our five-year capital budget, potentially reduced to underneath of 40% by 2024. Um, but that's a factor of principal payments, which reduce it plus increases in revenues, which are a um, mathematical factor into the determination of the debt load and the maximum amount we could borrow. From a payment perspective, this isn't especially onerous. Um, and I want to be careful how I say that because, of course, you know, it's, it's a significant amount. Um, but right now, within our current operating budget, we have built-in amounts to pay off our, our debt in this year and in future years, providing there's no significant changes to our capital budget projection. I always caution that because even though we projected it out at a moderate rate, it tends to change when the capital budget comes before council and as emergencies arise. Uh, two and a half years ago, we never would have um, anticipated that the 99th Street slide would have happened. <coughs> That's something that came out of the blue we had to venture finance that, and that was about $2 million of our cost. As things happen, you know, we are at the point where um, we have limited other resources um, and available cash or funding options other than debt. So, you know, again, the amount is manageable. Um, it's a significant change, um, and it is amounts that would be charged to the water rate and a 52 cent increase would be needed to to manage this over the 20-year horizon of the debt payments. Um, this doesn't preclude staff from continuing to look for other external resources or sourcing funding. Uh, we would continue to do so, but um, based on the current approvals, we felt we didn't have authority to um, incur costs because Council have been informed that we would utilize federal and provincial sources, and, and that's not going to come to bear at this point. So, once construction is started, are those uh, other grants impossible anyhow? Typically, uh, when we've kind of approached grant funding for other projects, they've only allowed us to uh, claim for monies that have not been incurred. So. If a project is started, usually they haven't been allowing that amount to be claimed under the grant funding. So basically, uh, we can we can even tender, but once we award, that tends to be the cutoff deadline right there, right? So 
we, you know, we can even hold off on awarding, but, you know, just due to the nature of where Reservoir 365 is at today, and it, it's long past its life cycle, and, you know, in places the, the roof is failing, and we have to start on it, you know, this year. Uh, so, you know, looking at, you know, probably in mid-June is the very latest we could award, and still safely start uh, 1 July or somewhere in that time frame. Mr. Ford? Uh, my question is actually for Mr. Parker. Um, you and I attended a meeting when we were at RMA in Edmonton and uh, spoke to an office in regards to this project really didn't get anywhere with it. But there was a gentleman that, I have to apologize, I can't remember his name. He was an employee he of the, the office. He, he was the deputy um, uh, ADM. Uh, for uh, Mr. Transportation. So is there any way that, because uh, I did invite him to come to Peace River and look at this facility. Uh, I know you had spoke to him in regards to the ceiling collapse, about wood cribbings, and in this meeting, it, it, to me it looked like this gentleman's jaw hit the floor because he didn't think a, a facility like this was still in operation or even in existence. So could we follow up with that gentleman and? maybe get a letter to him and get him to come and look at this facility for himself and see if there, because now he has a new employer, and see if there is any emergency funding that we can draw from, because this project does have a high priority, uh, especially when it comes to a health issue for the residents in that area where that water is being supplied. We're definitely um, following up in a couple of, uh, not only this one, but a couple of other uh, uh, possible contacts uh, specifically uh, because we have now until June um, and there's one other thing that um, I'm, I'm open to talk to the engineer about that we might be able to do and, and if we can we will but I'm, I, I hate borrowing money more than anybody else and I like that free dollars that you can get we're gonna do everything we can right up to the very end well this gentleman and the reason why I asked to follow up is because this gentleman I invited him he said he would come up after the election uh, and tour this facility. So if we can get him here. Yes, I'm, uh, from my perspective, I'm uh, somewhat uh, thinking along the lines uh, of uh, Councillor Ford. I, I think, you know, staff has obviously done their work. They've done the, the engineering the analysis. Uh, maybe it's time for politicians to do our work. Uh, we're going to have new ministers and new deputy ministers and new ADMs a week from today. So. Uh, maybe what we need to do is watch very, very carefully what that announcement is and very quickly form the new MLA and very quickly form the new minister that's responsible for this and uh, do as Councillor Ford is suggesting. Uh, I, I don't like borrowing money. Uh, you start getting to 80% of our debt limit, I, I get nervous. Uh, so if it's June, it sounds as though we've got some time between uh, this is May 1st, so we've got we've got the month of May, I guess, to, to figure something else. I don't know if that's realistic in terms of government time or not, but uh, maybe it's my rose-colored glasses, but maybe we should try and shoot for something quickly in May. And, and uh, again, uh, thinking back to a multiplex project and other projects where we've started them and then had uh, the funders throw it back in our face, at, as you suggest, uh, 
you started the project, so you obviously don't need our money, so we're not going to give you any. So, you kind of, you know, I, I guess we, we work against ourselves to some degree by, by jumping early. But uh, uh, I would say let's find out who the new minister is and the new staff, and let's let's uh, have a package ready as soon as that announcement is made. Uh, I think they're talking a week from today. Let's get some paper in there and get a meeting and. Uh, if uh, bringing somebody up makes sense, if we have to go down to the city, let's go down to the city. So I've already texted the local MLA elect, um, and he came back and he says, uh, here's the individual to talk to from his local office to, to specifically start the process rolling. Um, but he also said, I, I believe he sent something to the mayor and said, you can't do anything until after the sixth month. Everything gets approved officially. So, but we've uh, already started going for yeah. um, Mr. Good? Uh, I think there's some key things, correct me if I'm wrong in my, my understanding. I mean, the one thing here, the structure that's reached its life cycle requires replacement. There's no ambivalence in that statement. No. Um, if you go inside 265 right now, we're propping up uh, the roof structure, and we've got two by fours all over the place just holding it up. So let's see if I understand the math. We're going to borrow another six million dollars. We're going to pay another six million on interest, roughly. Ballpark figures come out good at math. So that makes twelve million dollars for the six million dollars that if we had six million dollars in that kitty, we could pay for it, right? There's six million dollars in increased debt. Right. We had already planned to go put six in ourselves, roughly, and for six or seven. We're going to put in an additional six, which we're going to borrow. Am I correct? So we, we'd already planned to put in about 1.4 okay. of debt, right? And this would increase it by another 5.4 million. Okay. To so that balance, that increase will also cost us roughly six million bucks over the time. I did 341,000 times 20 years. It comes out to six million roughly. Uh, yeah. So the additional 5.4 million, right, um, is about 6.8 million, right, in uh, so an additional 1.4 million in interest charges over the 20-year. Additional no, 1.4. No, 1 million. Sorry. Don't forget the 341,000 is principal and interest. Okay. So just uh, so look at just the interest portion of that 341,400. Okay. Uh, which is 70. So if you want to do the 72,000 times the 20 years. 1.4 million, roughly. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, to be blunt, we can't afford it. We can't afford not to. It's in certain ways. I mean, we're in a step between a rock and a hard place here. Um, what is the source of other funding? Anyways, I, I, this is the situation we've always seen ourselves getting to. It's another example of the situation that we've seen ourselves getting to. We're not in a position, if we do this, you say we go, we hit our debt limit roughly 80%. Yeah, we got 100% of our debt limit. And as I was told once by a deputy 80 years ago, have you ever heard us say no in an emergency? And the answer is no, because they generally come through an emergency. But it makes me, it makes me uncomfortable that, the, that we're in a position like this, like really uncomfortable. Because we're not only tying our, our own hands, but for the next number of years, we're also tying the hands of future councils to to address any things that come along. I mean, that's the reality of this. Um, do I think we have to do it? Yeah, but really does stick in my craw a little bit. 
I'll leave it at that. Go ahead. Mr. Ford. Yeah, just one more comment. Um, getting back to a comment from Councillor Needham. So we have the month of May. No. Is not really. Like what's the timeline? Can can we so the timeline right now is we're finishing up the design. Uh, probably tender either the, the second or third week of May. We'll probably uh, have a tender period of three weeks past that, so mid-June. But so you probably got that mid-June standpoint where we have to go with a go logo on awarding of that contract. And basically, we have to give a go to award that contract by mid-June. So at that point, we have to make a decision about you know how it's funded. So can the can the decision? What I'm asking then is, with this being presented tonight, can we table it for until uh, let's say two weeks to another meeting, so we can get a hold of these uh, new people down south and see if we can draw some funding? Is that is that an option? Actually, Councillor, this the past of this, this bylaw tonight, but do we do it tonight? And I believe there's a, a time frame that we have to have it We're all done. If we get the funding, we, we can actually rescind this by law. But it's harder to put it back into place. So if you remember when we were doing the uh, arena and we got into uh, uh, the corrections from uh, some of the public saying that we didn't borrow in time and we started a project, we want to make sure we don't get into that kind of a project uh, situation again. I'll, I'll so all this is, is it, it is an administrative, practice but we it, just to make sure that we're doing everything legally so i'll just clarify one thing so yeah. you mentioned it but i think you kind of missed so it's a two-step process that we'd be looking for from an approval perspective the first would be to amend the funding the second step would be to prepare the borrowing bylaw yeah. and as the cao was mentioning um, we've gotten a little bit of scolded a little bit when we did not pass the borrowing bylaw before we incurred costs so that's what we're trying to avoid in this place so um, from a timing perspective that borrowing bylaw has to be in place because there, there's also a requirement for public advertising we'll use about a month that's been our practice in the past um, so if council is comfortable changing the funding the same night they do the first reading of the bylaw that's your absolute fastest timeline it could be done and and then the bylaw would go for advertisements and then second and third reading and then after the bylaw is approved um, i think we'd be comfortable awarding because we would have authority to do so and incur costs and commit the town so um, that's probably about a month so whatever the final date of the award would most likely be you'd have to backtrack a month to that's probably our drop dead date so if this is a if this is approved tonight and let's say we do pull some political strings and come up with some funding that can be fixed later on down the road oh yeah no budgets can be amended at any time and this is you know so if we amend it tonight and I, I see where you're going with there's pros and cons to amending it now or waiting a little bit but I'm not saying we wait months and would suggest maybe a month at the most um, you know there's pros and cons to doing that but it, if you do amend it tonight, it could be re-amended back to whatever funding comes or is achieved by the town. And then the borrowing bar law would um, okay. you know, be a domino after that, after those, those amounts are known. If I understand correctly, so you're looking for a commitment tonight that it's a go on the project, one way or the other, that thing's going to be replaced. If we come up with funding in the magic hours, 
we come up with funding in the magic hours. If we don't come up with funding in the magic hours, we borrow the money, we get it done anyways. That's not my understanding it? Essentially. Okay. Love that. Oh, well, technically, we already have it in the budget process. We just have a different funding formula. Yeah, so we have these. So somebody else was going to fund so. Yeah. yeah that, that's it. Yeah. So it's, it's now, it's just, now it's just changing and saying, okay, well, we're going to get someone else. We're going to have to do it. Okay, so essentially, though, this reservoir is falling apart. It doesn't have any life left, really. So that's why we're working on it. Um, it's a safety issue. It's a safe drinking water issue. and knows what else issue. My question is, the next reservoir in line after this one is is which one? Or is there? So the next one I'm looking at would probably be the Rosebark 353, the one by the RCMP station. And that one there, because originally when I looked at the whole program, is we were originally going to look at a new reservoir up by the old cemetery. But kind of re-looking at the water model on several discussions, what might be more advantageous is to put, uh, replace the reservoir 353 with a larger reservoir uh, in behind there. We own a whole bunch of property back there, so we can get the reservoir up a little higher. Uh, and that will allow us to do a couple things. One, replacing an aging uh, reservoir to begin with. And so instead of building a new reservoir and then having to replace another reservoir, we just combine those two projects into one project. So we'd have a new reservoir up there with increased capacity and would also provide us better pressure in the north end by putting that reservoir a little higher. And the um, projected timeline when that, you know, everything being well, well should so that start? Was, yeah, so I'm looking at that project five to ten years from now. So to 2024, give or take. And according to this, in 2024, our debt load would be down to about 40 percent is that okay no i was just wondering if there was going to be any overlap in a major fashion okay any other uh, questions counselors final comments anyone willing to uh, put forth a motion i mr needham uh, you bet. Uh, thank you, Deputy Mayor. Yes, I would put a motion on the floor that uh, Council approve the capital funding amendment for the for the Reservoir 365 project by removing the anticipated budget from the federal provincial sources debt over 20 years. That doesn't quite sound right. Is that the right one? That we option one. It would be option one in the briefing note. Yeah, the recommendation is on page five. I just want to make sure I've got the right. Uh, and it really, it's, it's an amendment, the 2019 funding for Reservoir 365 from, and it shows federal provincial, provincial in debt funding of 6.805 million 600 um, to the entirety of the project being funded by debt of 6.805,600. And from a financial perspective, that's what we and the auditors would be looking forward to to be able to move forward on this for the borrowing bylaw and for um, statement presentation and other financial purposes. I'm just, uh, I'm sorry, Deputy Mayor. I, for some reason, I'm looking for page five, but I can't, uh, I'm not sure what I'm missing. Page here, 21 and 50. Uh, 
Okay. Let's try this again, uh, Deputy Mayor. My recommend or my uh, my suggested uh, uh, motion for council is that administration recommends that council select option one uh, as presented. Thank you. Any further discussion? All those in favor? It is carried. Yeah, I just did something here to my computer too. Okay, the next um, next uh, item is uh, the all net system information. And Ms. Hume. Good evening, Your Worship and Council. Before you is a briefing note on public alert system. So we brought this forward after receiving information from North and Sunrise County um, regarding this all-net alert ready system. Um, they're trying to find neighboring municipalities who would like to join them in signing on to the service. They sent it to us on the recommendation of the Barhead and Area Regional Crime Coalition. So just some background information. Um, what is the uh, public alerting system? Well, the Coles Notes version is, um, uh, it could be a lot of different things. Basically, they publicly alert individuals, typically through SMS text messages and email as a very basic means. There's a whole ton of other options that range from apps to automated phone dialing and calling to other forms of communication. Um, but those are the two primary ones. But the town already actually uses an alert system. Um, we haven't ever had to actually issue an alert through the system yet, thankfully. It's the Alberta Emergency Alert System. It's set up by the province of Alberta and administered through the Alberta Emergency Management Agency. The town has two authorized users, myself and Fire Captain Michael Frayne. Um, the AEA system, however, is only to be used in the event where uh, an unfolding emergency presents a risk to life and property, an imminent risk to life and property. Um, and their requirements on usage are quite stringent. Um, that being said, an AEA alert has the ability to interrupt live TV, radio broadcasts, and also broadcast to every cell phone that is on an LTE network. Basically, any cell phone made in the last three or four years should receive those messages. It's a very powerful system, but only to be used in extreme circumstances. Generally speaking, there's a whole suite of alert systems that fall under the AEA system that would let you do a whole bunch of other things that are are not considered broadcast intrusive, so they won't in, they won't go to the extreme level of interrupting live broadcasts on radio, television, etc. Um, in the town of Peace River context, uh, this is something that staff has kept in mind over the last couple of years. Um, when what would we use an alerting system for? So. Some needs that have already been identified include garbage recycling delays or potentially pickup reminders, uh, street cleaning, snow removal to get residents to move their vehicles ahead of uh, scheduled work, water main, or, uh, water main breaks or repairs to notify impacted residents. Right now we're doing that process through our social media, which is uh, imprecise to say the least. Um, we can't guarantee that the people that are impacted by the water main break repairs are actually seeing any of the information, and we can't guarantee that the people seeing the information have any reason to be aware of that at all beyond general curiosity. So while it's the system we're using right now, what would be far preferable would be to be able to 
directly notify the impacted residents. Um, in addition to that, there's also general emergency infrastructure repairs, again, to notify impacted re uh, residents. Crime prevention information, uh, depending on if we've got a notice out from the RCMP or something like that. Or emergencies that require notification but fail to meet the threshold for the Alberta Emergency Alert. So an example of that might be um, we had an incident in the North End a couple of years ago where the police were performing an operation and I think it involved somebody had been taken, somebody's being held against their will in a basement somewhere and the police had cordoned off a section of streets and were asking people to avoid the area. We did put that out through our social media and website and while that did get good traffic, it would have been preferable to also have an option to notify residents in the neighboring blocks and areas. Um, so that's some of the options available. Um, one of the key features that we would want to look into would be a, a system that interfaces with our geographic inf information systems or GIS system um, and that would just let us drill down so if there's a water break on 107th Avenue we can select you know whatever the eight or ten residents that are impacted and notify just those ones. There are obviously some liabilities and legislative parameters involved. Um, one of the two big ones that we would have to be compliant with would be FOIP and Canada's anti-spam legislation, CASEL. Both of those are pretty easily handled if you're going with um, a reputable alert company. Most of them will be CASEL and FOIP compliant. It's just a matter of making sure you bring those up. But that would also change the terms of the alert system. So you might be familiar with alerting systems as the one that your phone gets the test on every once in a while. This would not be that way. That system is not an opt-in system. If you have a phone, if it's compatible, if an alert is issued in your area, you receive it. You have no choice. Um, this system would be have to be an opt-in system. So we would have to get people to sign up for it, which would not be a problem. It would just require some extensive advertising on that. So as mentioned, uh, we've got some neighbors that are sort of looking around about this as an idea. Uh, we've had over the last two or three years, every couple of months, one company or a different company approaches the town about this as an idea. Um, ideally, to make sure that all of our needs are met, if we were to pursue this going forward, we would want to put it out through a request for proposals type situation. Um, and we're probably, you can refer to the all net um, attachment for pricing, but we're probably looking easily at under $10,000. It's just a question of whether or not council would be interested in pursuing something like this for the 2020 budget cycle. So just so that council is aware at RMA, I did attend this specific uh, presentation with uh, Councillor Kroonier Williams from Northern Sunrise County. They actually did, we did register our phones in the room and they actually did a live test and the, the system does work. So whether it's a, a crime prevention thing or a water main break where you just need to get the information out there, the, the system does work, it works quite well. And it's very easy for the administrator to to use. So the ones I'm familiar with alerts can typically be issued from a cell phone or any any device that has a browser, which means easy. So this this specific system, um, as far as the presentation was considered, um, I could, when I register, I could say I only want the text message or I only want the email or so there there is that 
that form, but you do have to sign up for it. However, when you get into the life, let's say the, you talked about the, the, the phoning, having an automated dialing system, um, the system is capable of doing that too, but let's say if we have a, and I'll just use an example of a river flood, but uh, knock on wood, um, you can also use this system. So if you only select, I want a text message, but because of the priority or the seriousness of the message or information that needs to get out, you can do an override and it'll go everywhere to anybody that's registered to the to the system. Okay, any other comments, councillors? So from looking at this chart of pricing here, it would be about $5,000 annually for what's listed there. Does that um, with this company? Yeah. Yeah. Does it also require like uh, three hours a week of somebody here doing something? I sure hope not. Um, no. Any good alerting system should be pretty. It, it should be able to manage the addition and removal of members automatically. Um, the only time anybody should have to go into the system would be either to do a test alert, a practice alert, or a real alert, and that should be pretty straightforward. Um, if it's a lot of these alert systems sort of follow the same back end structure. Um, so the one I'm familiar with, the AEA system, uh, if you're quick with your fingers, you can have an alert out in four or five minutes, which is vital if you're dealing with like a wildfire bearing down the hill or something into town. Just to further comment on that, when they did the test alert after we had everybody in the room registered, um, she actually did a live demo went right on the laptop, blah, 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 type, hit a button, verify, alerts out, and it's, it's in less than a minute. So uh, tonight, are you looking for a, uh, a motion to uh, further examine this, or what are we looking for here? Essentially, yeah, an expression of interest, uh, a motion would work from council just uh, formally say you'd like us to look into this for the 2020 budget cycle and then we can bring back some more information and decide at that point yeah would someone care to make such a motion mr good thank you so uh, motion uh, requesting administration to um, review options for what are we calling this uh, alert public system. alert system. system yeah okay I worded exactly like that. <laughs> I worded exactly like that. And I just think we just put out spent millions of this. Potentially five thousand dollars. Being well spent by that. And we can put things on there like tickets for sale for the dad. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we could. Joking. All cautions would say don't use it for frivolous stuff. No, I'm I'm joking. <laughs> I mean, I'm joking, but yeah. I mean it, I think seriously. It's it's that's a dollar a year per person, roughly a little, yep. little less than a dollar a year per person, the ability to communicate very effectively when you need to. Yeah, that would be hugely helpful. And, yep. and Council, we'll make sure that this isn't like the one that happened in Hawaii, uh, where oh. they sent out the alerts uh, that a missile was incoming from Korea. Uh, my cousins actually happened to live there at the time and decided at 10 o'clock in the morning was a good time to start drinking. And this is why the AA system makes you keep current. You have to issue practice alerts throughout the year. You have to sign on regularly. They have a practice system that's in blue and a live system that's in red. So it's 
to avoid that mistake. Okay. All in favor? Great. All Thank you. Let's see. The next one here, item seven, was the addition, which is the uh, request for a decision for the crime prevention through environmental design, the CTEP training workshop. And who's speaking to this? Mr. Parker? Well, um, this uh, along with the Rupert to get the uh, uh, basic RFD, but uh, what is happening is, as you know, uh, SEPTEC has been at the table discussed uh, numerous times this last little while, um, and uh, Council Ford has been an incredible advocate in ensuring that this program actually comes forward. Not only that, uh, ensuring that there is funding for it, and uh, he did team up and uh, made presentations to numerous uh, councils or surrounding neighbors and received every council I believe he went to, uh, said yes, they would contribute to it. So. Um, kudos, that uh, actually was really good. And because of that, now the um, uh, organization is doing three days worth of training. Of the three days worth of training, one is designed for the community in the evening, I believe. One is uh, mainly for the day uh, for uh, counselors, and then the third one is for staff. However, council could attend all three, I believe. Um, but having said that, the most appropriate one is the May 2nd one, and we're just looking at uh, um, a motion if uh, I believe the council board has some other points you would like to add. Yeah, so the on uh, the days are May 1st, May 2nd, and May 3rd. Uh, the the May the May 1st presentations. So there's two presentations, one at 1 p.m. and one at 5 p.m. So those presentations are the same, just alternate times. Those will be hosted in Grimshaw on uh, May the 2nd. Uh, the same times, one and five. Those presentations will also be the same, but they'll be held um, at the Athabasca Hall, and those are free to the public and businesses. And then the Friday, May the third, uh, that presentation is a more in-depth presentation um, that gets right into your land use bylaws, how you build your, how you can build your buildings, sight lines, uh, downtown beautification, all that kind of stuff. And it's more in-depth. It's it's more designed for uh, um, your administration and your first responders, but uh, council is also welcome to attend. Any other discussion? Someone like to put forth a uh, motion? Mr. Ford? Motion. So council be enabled to attend the May um, May 2nd and or 3rd presentation depending on uh, council's choice. Okay, thank you. All those in favor? Great, it's carried. Thank you. Oh, are there any reports coming forth? Okay, so we're on to information. Uh, we have the synopsis of the Northeast Housing Foundation Board meeting of March 6th. Any um, comments there, questions, etc.? I would like to just say thanks uh, for whoever is in charge of getting the synopsis uh, from the Housing Authority. I think it's good that we have regular communication. So Mr. Good, uh, thanks for the work and please extend that to the board at some point in time if you could. 
Uh, I have a question for the board, and um, it is, um, I'll pose it, I don't know how it goes forth, but what is the timeline and plan for the seniors' condos that were to be um, built west of the North Peace Housing Office? And what is the timeline for the um, sale of the lots for the three houses that were in that general area? But so it's just a question for them. Actually, I can give you somewhat of an answer. Um, there is no timeline at the moment. However, the, we're having our retreat this weekend. Um, and I know that this is going to be brought up in the retreat. So we may have a timeline for you after that. Um, I know that we've had um, interest expressed at the trade show. And uh, one of the things I don't know if anybody was at the trade show, we were getting names for a working group to get together. Um, hopefully this uh, one time that we did have was we were looking for getting a working group together for this fall to speak to people who would be prospective people who would be interested to come and talk to North Peace Housing Foundation about what they would like to see in the, for example, in those condos. So we want to build something that people want to buy. So if people are listening to this or are interested in, in contacting us, if they contact North Peace Housing, it's 780-624-2055, or go, just go to our website. Um, there's a little trigger thing in the bottom right-hand corner, and, uh, basically a little envelope. Click on that, and you can send us a note saying you'd like to be part of that process. And we're looking for people actively now. So it's good to hear. And I will pass on your thanks to the board. These synopsis are coming out every month now. Yeah, that's good. Keeps everybody informed, not just the council, but others. Great. Okay. Any other comments on that item? Nope. Okay. Uh, we have um, WCB letter of March 25th with respect to the National Day of Mourning on April 28th. This is for uh, workers who were killed, injured, or disabled at work. Any uh, comments there? Um, just passing that along as information. So we have April 28th in our flag protocol policy as a day where we would typically lower the flag anyways, and as a result, issue a statement on that. So that's mostly what they asked for in the letter. Uh, thought I'd pass that along to council and let them know that we already observed this um, day. Great. Well, thank you. Okay. Um, next item. Um, are minutes from the Peace Regional Waste Management Company. Um, again, this is um, to enhance communication, I guess, from our various um, partners and various committees that we sit on. So we have the minutes from uh, January 31st of 2019, and then 2018, November 23rd, the AGM, November 23rd, and um, October 18th minutes. Any comments from that item? Okay. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, Deputy Mayor, if uh, you're looking for a motion, I would move uh, information items, uh, information 10, I guess, is one, one, two, and three as information. Thank you very much, Councillor. All those in favor? Great, thanks. Notices of motion? There are none. Comments from the public? Not from the gallery, anyhow. 
uh, key communication items? Anyone? Ms. Hume? Audited financial statements. Audited financial statements, which are posted on the website, I think, then, almost yes. by now. After they're signed, we post them. Okay. Uh, anything else? If we could start advertising the oh, yeah, SEPTED workshops tomorrow, please. Yeah, I've got that poster from Greg. Okay, anything further? Okay, uh, looks like we're about to go in camera perhaps then. Would you like a five minute break? Okay, let's have a five minute break. Well, if one of us left to go wash it, you'd have to stop anyway. Thank <laughs> you.